morning and welcome to the Duke Pod. I hope everyone is feeling great. I'm sure after you're listening to this episode, you'll feel even better. <laughs> I mean, that's always a dream. It's not a therapeutic podcast in uh, some kind of uh, the way it sounds, but uh, I hope everyone does enjoy it and takes another little laugh at this. Maybe perhaps laughter and good storytelling is the best medicine, uh, said uh, me <laughs> from Duke Realty Homes. And welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to touch about probably the longest negotiation I've ever had and how much fun that is. And it, it revolves around purchasing my first cottage for a client, me being a city slicker, a city realtor. We don't do too many cottages, especially driving out three hours away is quite a challenge, especially when you got kids. And most people, I think, would not do that. They would refer it out if someone was like, hey, I'm looking to buy something three hours away. I need you to show me some properties. It's not realistic, right? So we're going to talk about that. Uh, things you should know when purchasing a cottage. Um, some things that's happening with the market in terms of uh, the pandemic and the value of cottages <laughs> exploding. Hopefully that didn't sound uh, too crazy, but those are some things to come. All right, so let's get started. All right, awesome. So I have this client, uh, his name is Greg, okay? Um, it's not even really his real name, but it does start with G. Uh, <laughs> I call him Greg. Now, how I met this client is, is kind of, um, it's a little bit normal, but the story is fascinating. So I had a, 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 a little cheap uh, condo for sale in Mississauga, uh, close to Etobicoke by Bloor. This is like three or four years ago. And uh, his family called about it to come see it. So I ended up showing him the condo that I had for sale and then a few other condos. Uh, and we developed a bit of a relationship. All of a sudden, a week later, boom, I don't hear from them anymore. Uh, we, I thought we hit it off well. We're gonna look at more units. And his mom sends me a video of a dash cam Okay, think about you're at a red light and you're just waiting. And on the left side, there's a car trying to make a left turn. And then all of a sudden, a motorcyclist comes on and the car makes the left turn, cuts off the motorcyclist who hits the car and then just flips over. And that was Greg. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I can't believe I got a video like that in an email, let alone someone was actually recording that on a dash cam because this is in russia russia everything seems like everyone has a dash cam in russia There's so many dash cam videos um and yeah so uh obviously i was really happy to hear that the, he was alive uh but okay so that sucks i hopefully you recover but you know it looks like i'm not gonna make a sale of them right <laughs> no that's a pretty bad way of thinking about it but um at the end of the day i did hear that he's alive and a year later, he calls me and he made a full recovery. Uh, maybe he's not running, but he's walking around. And um, yeah, he seems pretty good. Like, you know, his voice is regular. Uh, we ended up buying an investment property in Hamilton. And this is last year, 2019. We bought it for like 400000 And then this year, we sold it for 500000 And with the pandemic, he says, you know what? I want to buy a cottage because cottages are sweet. People can't go on vacations anymore. There's a real demand. Uh, for cottages it's let's let's bring that back a second uh, the way Greg is thinking is the way almost everyone else seems to be thinking in 2020 um, I'll give you some examples okay so 
going and enjoying a cottage. So, for example, my family went and enjoyed a cottage. We uh, we have a, a friend who, who who knows a guy, and he's pretty easygoing. Uh, I gave him a call, and he said, yeah, come stay in my cottage for a week. We paid him uh, whatever he wanted, and it was great. Uh, other than that, it was incredibly hard to find a cottage to lease in the summer. So, therefore, the amount of money you could make by leasing a cottage on a weekly basis, daily basis, whatever it is, on Airbnb, whatever it is, uh, bookings.com, is uh, through the roof. Um, to the point that uh, one of the guys in my office, he's a mortgage broker actually, he ended up buying a cottage before the summer and he was renting it. I think he was saying that weekdays he was renting it for 300 a night and weekends 600 a night. Okay, so I think if you were to buy a cottage and it's like, let's say, accessible to the water, I mean, I don't think this is going to, let's say this is a standard three bedroom cottage, um, renting it out for two months would probably pay for every expense of that cottage for the whole year. That's how lucrative the cottage renting business has become. And I myself am not a cottage uh, realtor. I don't live up north. A lot of those people live in the areas. They know it very well. There's a lot of things to think about when buying a cottage. There's a lot of differences in cottages. Um, I'll touch up. I'll touch about some of them. But again, uh, if any of you guys want to know what all the details are when thinking about buying a cottage, there's an excellent video that a colleague of mine, a lawyer, a real estate lawyer, has done. Um, one of the beauties of of the pandemic is that we've done a lot of Zoom training, and there's a Zoom training about everything you should know about cottages. Uh, that obviously I watched and then rewatched when a client, when Greg called me, he said he's serious about buying a cottage. So, uh, and what's happening with the cottage industry is that since there's so much demand, people know that the only vacation they could realistically do is go up north and enjoy the water, which the reality is, it's amazing. Uh, the week that we spent in the summer with my family, um was absolutely uh amazing like it was like 30 degrees every day uh in fact the cottage was probably a little bit too hot because when you got back in the uh late afternoon from like the beach and the water and whatever and every day we went to the water like it was 30 degrees actually i was pretty proud of myself because the there was a little beach area with the cottage that we rented i and by little it was actually pretty decent like there was sand and the water was excellent it was shallow so the kids just could go nuts even like my son was like, yeah, he's just under three. And he was just like, honestly, he was swimming like a fish. Like he loved it. Um, all the other kids, all the other people that went with us, just all the kids loved it. It was ridiculous. Everyone. And you could swim out past the boy if you're an adult. And it, it really didn't get that deep for a while. Like it took forever. I don't think I ever even swam out so far that I could barely uh, touch the bottom. It just, you know, when it's 30, 32 degrees, uh, you're enjoying it. Fun fact. Uh, because July was the busiest month uh, of my life this year and we went for a week in July, I got super lucky. I had two different houses that I already signed the listing agreement for and they both needed roughly two weeks to get ready, get painted, this, that, organize the house. And I was able to go away for that week, which I already committed to. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you know, when I told the clients, they're like, yeah, no problem. Uh, but I could have been pretty awkward, right? Now, there were two other deals, buying deals, that I was literally sitting on a chair on the beach, feet in the sand, um, maybe having a cold one of water. 
<laughs> use your imagination uh watching you know just hanging out building castles whatever and i got the phone calls and from other cooperating agents saying the deal is done here's the document so i in one day while i was on the beach i closed two different buying deals in the same day in a span of like three hours uh i felt like a movie star in that moment because that never happens and for the few of you that are going to listen to this podcast i just want to let you know that i'm gloating this is my one chance. <laughs> the other thing that I did, which is really cool, especially when you live at a cottage, is like, normally when you go to a cottage, you go on vacation, you eat like an absolute animal. I do. I've been like 20, 30 pounds overweight for like five years. So at least I'm consistent. So don't get me wrong there. And I always end up gaining like five pounds or something. So what I did in this time is we went to the beach almost every day, except for maybe like once. It wasn't like that warm one day or rainy or something. I can't remember. To be honest, the whole week was pretty incredible. Uh, but I think we just decided to do something different. Go to town, go to Brace Bridge or something. The The water was 4.3 kilometers. The beach was 4.3 kilometers away from the cottage. I ran every morning to the water while my wife and children and everyone else drove. And yeah, like the days, I think there was those days where it was like a couple of those days were in the 35 degree weather. But I'd run around nine in the morning to the beach. And yeah, I was sweaty. I was running, you know, just in both my shorts. I had some water with me. But, you know, no better feeling than running four kilometers, uh, getting to the sand, throwing off your runners, and jumping right into the water. Uh, felt great. Anyways, I digress on the situation. So the value of cottages has gone through the roof. I'll give you some examples. Um, Greg and I, I'm going to tell you about the story about Greg. However, um, there was a cottage even a few weeks ago. Uh, now, the, literally, the deal that I'm going to tell you guys about literally closed on Saturday, like um, two days ago, on November 21st. Uh, now, there was a cottage about three weeks ago that Greg emailed to me and he said, I'd like to buy this cottage. It looks great. It was listed for 499000 It was a fixer-upper. The agent was like, hey, listen, there's a lot of junk in there and we don't care. We're not removing the junk like that's <laughs> it's as is means that we're not fixing anything but it had a great access to the water like fantastic and it was like 1.5 acres so it was uh, quite a bit of land on a nice uh, location um what greg what greg's thinking was when he was looking for a cottage which could be some, a, a way of for you guys is he wanted it within three hours of his house so he would time it on Google Google Maps, and if it was like less than three hours, he's like, "All right, this makes sense, right?" And I think that's realistic. If you want a good boy for the cottage, you know, maybe up to four hours is like realistic. I mean, if you have small kids, under three is better. Um, but you know, I, I think they get used to it after a while. Um, you, certainly, you can let them watch a movie or whatever. Anyways, so this cottage was four hundred ninety nine thousand, aka five hundred thousand. We wanted to put an offer. They had an offer date. A lot of cottages now have offer dates. So they wait for a week or two and then everyone submits an offer. We didn't even get a chance to submit an offer. Greg wanted to submit an offer of like 570,000, like 70,000 over asking for a cottage. That is a real fixer upper. A lot of you guys that don't know cottages and even me at the beginning of the year, I would have been like, that's lucrative because it's a cottage and it needs a lot of work. Um, not only did it sell for more than that, but they got a huge bully offer. That's how much in demand these cottages are. They got an offer of $805,000 for this fixed three bedroom fixer upper cottage that had a great view 
of the water and access and everything. So really it's all about water access and it's all about location. Um, so this cottage sold for 305,000. So getting any cottage is going to be ridiculously hard now. That's just the going rate. Even the guy told you about the mortgage broker that bought a cottage um, and is renting it for top dollar. Um, literally three months later, all of a sudden everything's selling through the roof and it has been selling, but like, I bet you if he bought that cottage for 500,000, it probably is selling for 650 now. So imagine you, <laughs> like where else can you just make 150,000 more? I don't repeat that. Where else do you think you can make 150,000 more for, you know, three months of work? And just, that's how the Canadian market is sometimes. 150,000 more for your cottage just because you bought it at the right time and all of a sudden the demand is so high. Like what the hell? Okay, so Greg reaches out to me. Uh, this is, uh, I think in the summer, um, you know, we sold this place in Hamilton and he reaches out to me, he says, Hey, I'm thinking about buying a cottage. I say, okay, no problem. Like, um, the good thing about, uh, for me is it is pretty challenging for me to buy a cottage, especially I didn't know I'm not like an expert at it. Uh, I did watch the video I told you guys about, but the good thing is that, uh, it's good to have access to multiple real estate boards. So I'm a member of the Toronto real estate board trap, but you would not have cottages on that board because they're so far up North. There's another system called Matrix, so people that are part of the Hamilton board, Niagara board, stuff like that. So I happen to be part of the Oakville Milton board, which has is a Matrix system. Most cottages are going to be on there, um, unless they're like some kind of like far up north board. Um, so I do have access to all the MLS papers, which is very very important because how are you going to write an offer if you don't have all the information, the seller's name, uh, the legal description, whatever. So. We eventually find this place on Mazano Lake. It's uh, 300,000. I called the agent up. She's like, yep, you can go there, but it's only by boat. Um, one of the things you guys have to know about when you're buying a cottage is that, especially if you want to rent it out, is how are people going to get to that cottage? So this cottage is only accessible by boat. Um, now, it, it did say they had a, a rough road, but it wasn't like all season, right? I don't think all season is that important, especially if you make a small investment, because like I said, if you can get this place functional and ready to rent out, you're renting it out for two months of the year to pay off everything. The cottage we're talking about is 300,000. Obviously it's, it's uh, uh, you know, because it's only accessible by boat, it's cheaper and it's a fixer upper. Now, um, we, we've been, we put in an offer on that place and our offer was like some like 220,000. The other agent, uh, her name was Diana. Uh, she was living in that area or she does a lot of cottages. Very nice agent. I really enjoyed working with her. Um, because it's cottage country. Um, now, obviously, a lot of deals are time sensitive, but because it's cottage country, things are done a little slower. So I always have to give her 24 hours notice on any um, offer and a lot of people that are selling cottages are people that can no longer enjoy it so her clients were 80 years old and things were always going to be slow so a lot of times i would email the offer to her and the next day she'd get back to us and be like here's a counter offer and then i send her another one and then like boom it's like three four days later and what was happening is that we were so far apart like they wanted like 295 they would not drop the price the place was for sale for a long time since the beginning of the year uh, essentially um so like six months already and they got gotten offers but they can never close the deal 
because it was just too expensive because of the circumstances. Um, so <laughs> the client, my client and her clients would often wait a day and sometimes they would back off and it was a big tug of war situation. And there was also a boat involved. Uh, now, one of the things that you don't realize right away is that boats, just like cars and other things that people can enjoy during a pandemic are on major back order. So everyone is buying a boat. If you want to buy a new boat, you may have to wait a long time for it. I didn't know this. So negotiating the boat as part of the cottage is really important because one, it has a slot in the marina. Uh, two, you actually have a boat and a way to get there. And three is the value of boats has kind of gone up because it's hard to get boats, uh, solid boats. So that had to be uh, negotiated. Finally, we agreed on 288,000. Um, now we have to go there and take a look at the cottage. So funny enough, we bought the cottage without looking at it. Um, I called the marina and they never picked up. So I sent them an email and uh, we were fortunate enough that they could shuttle us over on a Monday it costs a little bit of money, like 200 bucks, a bit expensive, but how else are you going to get there? Right. Um, especially if it's a one-off thing, right. Which they showed us the bow when we got there, it was a fun drive. I mean, I think, uh, the client's, uh, girlfriend came and we bought some champagne. Uh, they shuttled us to the Island and it was great. They had these huge rocks like cliffs. Um, at that point, the water was like 200 feet deep. So if you were like a real daredevil, you could, probably jump off the cliffs um i mean i think the highest point was like three or four hundred feet so I, I don't think that's realistic but maybe like people do rock climb there so you can tell that the place was an amazing place to enjoy and the benefits of being shuttled is that you're being shuttled by the owner of the marina who knows everything about the area he'll tell you about the fish in the in the water he'll tell you about the um the chemical balance of the water, which Mazinel Lake was actually one of the cleanest lakes in uh, the Muskoka kind of area. And he's like, if I'm thirsty, I can just drink the water right from the lake. Like there's so many selling features, guys, even though you think, oh, we're going to spend 200 plus taxes on a boat ride. Go get a professional to take you there, someone in the area, because I'll tell you everything about it. Now we get to the water, we get to the cottage. It's good at water access. Okay. Yes, there's some trees in front of it. So, you know, it needs some work. You can trim it down. You can make a beach. Uh, the cottage is super old and there's a lot of like trails in the back, which are a lot of fun and a lot of like rough roads. Um, uh, so, but you know, it could, you could hypothetically complete the road, trim some of the branches uh, and make it more, uh, so a car can drive in. So it is gonna take work. It is gonna take like $50,000. And the interior really needs a lot of work too. It's very, very old, but the location is great. The water is great. Everything about the neighborhood is great. There's parks in the area. There's a beach across. You can just drive your boat across. Um, what we found out and what you have to know is that if the cottage does not have a real heating source, if it's just wood burning fire, but it doesn't have any like propane tanks to heat the place up, it's going to be hard to finance it's going to be hard to finance. The other thing is that if the cottage does not have a septic tank, which this one does not, it's also gonna be hard to finance. So what ultimately happened is that it was explained to us that the only way the client could buy this place, even if he has 20% down, 30% down, whatever, is through go through private lending because 
a real bank will not finance this place without a septic tank and a real heat source. So what does that mean? It means the client can buy it on private lending, which is pretty expensive. It's at least 6%, but we're talking about like a $200,000 mortgage. Put in the septic tank, put in a heat source, so spend that money, and then after, let's say, six months, get a new mortgage, and then uh, you know you have a legit cottage. So when we're talking about a $300,000 cottage, guys, other cottages in an area that either have road access right to it, and this one does, it just needs a lot of work. Like It's like really, you know, there's tracks in the forest, but you need to trim a lot of trees. It's, you know, it's going to take a commitment. But whenever it has road access and let's say it's a much nicer cottage, these things are going for like 800, a million dollars. And this is 300,000. So you got a long way to go before you get it, before you start spending that kind of money. So it's a really good bargain. The client ended up backing out of the deal. We circled around. So this took two months of looking at cottages, putting in offers, putting in offers. Finally, on the weekend, we kind of got back to it and uh, I called the agent up and I said, hey, um, is it still available? She said, yes. Apparently, there was another offer. But again, people kept uh, putting low offers on it because it was on the market for so long. I think one of the agent's issues is that she should have canceled and relisted because in this day and age, a cottage that hasn't sold, it seems like there's a real big problem with it. And yes, we can tell this place needs work. But it wasn't like detrimental and it wasn't like a bad place. And the lake was actually fantastic. So really, we're buying a location and uh, that's a great deal. Finally, we go back around. We put another offer, no conditions because we know the financial point of view. The client likes it. One of the best parts about doing a two months of negotiation, because I was checking out the agent, is that you really get to know that agent. So she's like, oh, sorry, I didn't get back to you. I was at a party. So every time I called her, I'm like, hey, I understand you might be going to a party today. You know, we're laughing or whatever. She's trying to get the deal done. She enjoys working with me. I enjoy working with her. It doesn't matter who you're working with is you want to have a decent relationship with that agent. You don't want to get in a yelling match with them. You don't want to be like he said, she said you want to help. You want to get them to help you make the deal. Now, the sellers of the cottage were 80 years old. They're senior people. Um, they literally did not want to drop a single dollar. But finally, after two months, we got them down to 278,000. The client was fine with it. We wrapped it up, but a boom, bada boom. He gets it on January 4th. Um, one of the things I, I don't really know what he's going to do with the cottage until like April. Uh, maybe he's going to um, drive over there with a snowmobile, start doing interiors and stuff like that, um, which he could. There's a wood burning fireplace, you know, just get that going. Uh, that's what people say. They just get the fire going. You might have like snow all the way around. It might be ridiculously cold. Get the wood burning fireplace, open up all the windows and that's it. The cottage is warm. Um, the marina doesn't actually open until April, I believe. Um, but yeah, if he takes a snowmobile, uh, he gets the, uh, you know, he starts putting in some work in the cottage or making it like a little bit more modern. Talking about like maybe putting some new floors in, repainting it, um, just taking some pictures of it. He can start renting it as of April, May, June, July. You know, he's probably going to rent it for at least 150 bucks a day. It's not going to take much to pay that $200,000 mortgage. And if he gets that septic tank in, listen, guys, if he gets that septic tank in and he does all those renovations and then he builds the road, this place is going to be worth like six, $700,000. Easy. Because that's how much of a demand there is for cottages. And for those of you that are listening right now and you have a cottage, 
Congratulations, you hit the jackpot. It might be worth up to $200,000 more than it was before the summer. And in the case of that guy that had a $500,000 cottage, $300,000 more. Holy cow. Okay, guys, hopefully you enjoy this uh, this episode. Uh, it was the longest negotiation I've ever had. I've touched on that. Uh, not as much as the rest of the story because there's a lot of things to realize when you're buying a cottage. And again, if you want that link about everything you should know about a cottage, because the, the type of road that it has, all kinds of features, the type of water access, there's a lot of variables there that may, that change the value. What kind, Where's the water access? So if the water is coming from the lake, uh, is, is it drinkable? Is it coming from a well? Um, you might have to do testing on the well for the water bacteria level. So keep those things in mind. And I did enjoy the longest negotiation in my life. It made this beautiful snowy day very fun as I closed the deal in November. And I think that's my 22nd of the year. So I'm feeling good about the year. Very fun, very successful. I think I'm actually going to do an episode where I start talking about all my transactions for the year and how I met people because those are just like kind of fun stories in the first place. Uh, and with that, I'm wishing everyone a good week. Cheers. Toodles.